Episode 72 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles. My Honest Fear. Radio team, welcome along to episode 72 of Fitness Behaviour of Bevan James Isles, your fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime and love of fitness and all the benefits that come alongside it. Welcome along to this episode. Uh, it's pretty cool to be here today, I have to say. I'm pretty excited about today's show. I'm doing a, a show on an article that I wrote just before Christmas and yeah, I got a huge amount of feedback from it. I got a lot of people asking me if I could do a podcast on it. So I'm going to kind of dig deep into that today. And one thing I want to talk about before I get into the main part of the show, and, and this is going to be such an obvious thing for me to be talking about, but I've just had some really cool experiences lately which have really reinforced something that once I say it, you're going to say, well, it's obvious coming from you, but it's how much I love exercise. Um, uh, you know, my whole adult life, you know, pretty much every day I have days off. I'm not someone who's obsessed with exercise, but I, I include it in my day and, and it's kind of very easy for me because my job is exercise. So an aspect of my job is pretty much about 10 hours a week where I'm doing exercise while I'm teaching others to exercise. So even when I'm not doing what I consider my own exercise, I'm always kind of keeping fit because of just the nature of my roles. And and also, to be honest, the nature of my roles require that I push my body pretty hard. And, you know, when you stand up in front of a group of 100 people and you're going to exercise in front of them, you're not going to muck around. And so, you know, there's kind of, I'm in this fortunate position if we think about that kind of concept of environments. You know, for me, I don't, you know, I get 10 hours of exercise a week just because of the environment I'm in. So it definitely makes life a lot easier for me. But I have to admit, over the last few years, I, I haven't really done much racing. I haven't really done much events uh, for a goal or anything like that. And it's partly because my life's changed. Early on in my, in my kind of life, I always had a, a kind of sporting goal to be moving towards. It was always kind of a challenge that I felt I needed to be doing. So it'd be a marathon, it'd be a triathlon, it'd be a cycle race. You know, it'd be generally kind of endurance sport. But, you know, it would be kind of some kind of event. And once I finished the event, within a very short period of time, I'd look for the next thing to choose. And once I got into my piano playing, it kind of, it became less of an important thing because I'd rather devote more time to my piano playing. And I kind of felt I was ticking that box of keeping fit through my job and a little bit of light exercise for myself on the side as well. But I have to admit... Um, yeah, and also the injuries, admittedly I'd said, I've had a couple of years where I just kind of got injured. Enough where kind of training properly for an event was always a bit of an issue. But over the last period of time, I just thought to myself, it's been a while. Like I think the last time I did a, you know, what I consider a race that I trained for was probably three years. So it's been a, a long time that I've really kind of signed up for a race, looked at a plan and worked towards growth with a plan with this end point of a goal in mind. And uh, at the end of last year, I just thought it's time for me to look to do another race again. And so I've thought in the back of my mind, this time of year is actually a really good time for me because Christmas time, it's not as busy so I can get some quality work in. Um, I had a bit of time off work. You know, I just could make it work. So I sat down and I kind of looked at the calendar and there's a race in the South Island of New Zealand down by Queenstown 
way called the Motor Tap, and the Motor Tap is an off-road marathon. It's a very iconic off-road marathon in New Zealand. Uh, they have a mountain bike race, they have a run race, they have a 15k kind of crazy tramp. Uh, my mother's doing a 51k. It's more of a trail tramp slash run. My mum, I'm so impressed, she's she's turned into Forrest Gump. So I, I kind of thought in the back of my mind I'm going to sign up for this race. And I haven't actually signed up yet because I kind of thought, well, let's see how my body manages me trying to put bigger volume and bigger intensity into my training. And I'm now out from this race. I've pretty much got three more weeks of big training in front of me. And, uh, and it's going well. And I'm loving it. I just absolutely love it. I love every aspect of exercise when you're trying to grow through exercise. I love... For example, I had to do a 10k run on last Friday. I had to do a 15k run, but within that, I, I in my program, I had to run a really solid 10k's where I was really going to try push myself. I had this kind of k split that I had to sit on for the first 5k, and then for the second 5k, I had to push, you know, a faster k split. So you in the running, you call that a negative split. So that's where the second half of the run is faster than the first half of the run. And I have to admit, uh, Joe and I went to the movies that day. We went to a great movie called Room, which I highly recommend. Uh, we kind of, you know, in the back of my mind, I'd left my run to later in the day. And sometimes that's not a good strategy because you have over your head this idea, especially if it's a hard training session, you have over your head that, oh, you know, I've got to do this thing. And, and excuses can, can become an issue. But Friday's our day off work, so we kind of slept in and... Uh, we met a few marriage celebrant because we're getting married soon. And uh, then we went to the movies and then I got home and I thought, no, now's where I need to do it. And that was the first reward moment for me because in the back of my mind, I thought to myself, there was this moment where I could miss that day's session. So the fact that as soon as I got home, I was like, nope, you're getting out and you're going for this run. So that was a reward moment of overcoming adversity. Now I have to admit in that moment, one of the ways to get me out the door was just to say, don't worry about going to fast 10Ks today. So as much as I had a reward moment of getting out the door, I was kind of letting myself off the hook a little bit. But then I decided to myself, I started my run, I put some music on it, and, and one thing I've really focused on with this latest period is the use of music to make me a better athlete. So every session I'm doing, I'm finding music that is stimulating for me. And what I tend to do for me as a strategy right now is that in the first half of the run or in a section of the run, I do discovery. So I, I like the idea of allowing my mind to experience new things in life. And I often think with music that a lot of people, what they do is um, it's either what the radio tells them to listen to or it's just music you've liked from the past. And I understand why that is because it's familiar. But I also think it's really kind of stimulating in your life to be exploring new stuff. And so in sections of my run, I just put new music on. And in the start of this run on that day, I just put some new music on that I hadn't listened. And I ran for about 10 minutes. I'd done about maybe 2Ks of running. In it, and I thought, no, I need to do this 10K today. So then I put on some more actually discovery music. I thought to myself, for the first 5K, I want to sit with my discovery music. And in my second 5K, I'm going to put music on, which I know is going to drive me home. And I started off and I started doing my 10K and I had a K split. I wanted to sit around 3 minute 50Ks, which for me is nowadays, 3 minute 50Ks is running well, not absolutely killing yourself, but you know, you, you, you're picking it up. So I went out on my run and I started doing my, you know, my 3 minute 50s and I just felt 
really good, felt really comfortable. You know, I was, again, I was working, but I just felt, yes, I'm doing this. And that was another reward moment for me. Uh, I, I felt great about my training. I just felt really good as I trained. And, and I worked through that first 5K, got to 5K, and I wanted to pick my pace up to somewhere between 3.30 to 3.40 in those five, second 5Ks. And I put my power music on, and away I went. And I started to this real fight towards... And I have to admit, for the first maybe 3K of the uh, second 5K block... I was feeling really fine. There was no problem at all. And the last two Ks, I had to push really hard. I wanted to sit under 330s, and I kind of sat on 330s. When I got at the end of that run, I was just on this amazing high. It was just the best feeling, uh, the, the feeling of running fast with music you absolutely love, the feeling of overcoming ad- that adversity of hardship. I ran at a time, like I... You know, back in the day, I was probably more of a 34 minute, maybe a little bit faster than that 10k runner, but I ran about 36 minutes, which for me, of where I'm at right now, is over the moon with. So I felt that sense of achievement, uh, my esteem felt really good. And that's what this experience has reminded me of, which maybe while I've become very good at managing exercise in my life over the last period of, you know, that three years where I haven't been racing, some of these reward points that racing me and chasing a fitness goal. I haven't actually had in my life. And, and I had another run this week. I did a long run in the hills where I ran for about 26Ks in the hills. And I live in a beautiful part of the world where, I don't know, it was a beautiful hot day and I'm running in the hills and beautiful trails. And it was just stunning. And, you know, 25Ks, you know, it's it's not an easy run, especially if the hills that I was doing, but it was just so easy. And it was such a rewarding experience. And I got home and I just felt, once again, really great about myself. And I've forgotten what that was like. You know, for a guy who does still exercise, who's still pretty much in the last three years has done anywhere from eight to, you know, 13, 14 hours exercise a week, there is something about growth through a fitness goal that I was missing. And now that I've brought that back into my life, I realize so much value of, you know, what it is. And there's so many more reward points up until I get to this race. You know, the race in itself, you know, doing a marathon is always such a reward point. But I love the the game of a marathon. The game of a marathon is such a complicated game. There's the nutrition. There's your race strategy. There's, you know, that kind of temptation to go fast early, but trusting not to do that. There's that moment where you actually get to race close to the end. And, and, and if you have a good day, that moment of just that feeling of success Exercise is great. Exercise is amazing. And it gives you so, so much. And in some ways, I know that, and I've known that for the last period of my life. And I know the the habit of exercise. And I can't say that the last three years hasn't been rewarding. I, I still love what the last three years has given me. But this kind of experience of going back to exercise, man, it's reminded me of why chasing a goal for exercise is so good and it kind of takes me back to this you know if you've listened to this podcast for a long time you know um, what I'm you know, you've heard these words I'm going to say but that whole idea of that better version of yourself comes through in these moments because anytime you overcome adversity in life you just become you just look at yourself in a different way and you see possibility in self that maybe you didn't see before you'd overcome that adversity. And when you find a fitness goal that allows you to, to see that within yourself, it's such a liberating experience. So 
I don't know, I'm, you can tell by the way I'm speaking, I'm really passionate about this, and, and purely just because I'm going back to something that I knew from my past, and it just reminded me that I still need to be growing with exercise, even the guy who, you know, has the habit of exercise. So hopefully that inspires you, you know, as you think about yourself right now, and you think about your own life, and you think about where you're at with exercise right now, like, if you're someone who's never exercised, you're in for such a treat if you get this right. Like, you really are, you know, and I know a marathon's kind of a crazy goal, but to do you to train and do your, you know, like I see with my 5Ks, just so many reward points along the way. So there's that aspect of it. And if you're someone who was maybe who like I've been over the last three years where you've had this habit of exercising and you know the habit. It's one thing I see with gym people and it's one of the downfalls of gym people. I think the gym's really good at creating the habit of exercise. I don't know if it's necessarily great at creating growth or at least within group fitness. I know maybe I can't really speak for people in the weights room because maybe that, that is really good. But in my little niche of the fitness world, I sometimes see a lot of people who've done group fitness for years and they've got the habit, but they're not really growing. And I'll be honest now that I'm back to growing with exercise. I can put myself in that box. And it was okay because, you know, I was still healthy. I was still enjoying exercise. I was still getting what I wanted from it. But man, where I am right now, it's so much cooler. So think about yourself. And if you are that new person, sign up for something. You'll be amazed how rewarding it is. If you're someone who's in that point where... You're exercising, but you know it's purely just habit-based. Maybe you need to sign up for something. Or maybe you're that person right now who knows you're in that place that I'm talking about. You, you're getting these reward points anyway. And if you're doing that, well done. Keep on doing it because you're kicking butt. It's, I just need to let that out. <laughs> Righto, so before I get into the main part of today's show, as always, I'm going to mention the patrons of the show. And I have to say, last episode, I talked about an email from... Uh, oh, I said it, Lorna Kingy, and it was actually Lana. She sent me an email saying I got a name wrong, and, and to be honest, um, sometimes with names, I'm, I've never really been that good at names, and I know Lana's a pretty obvious one, but I was a little bit little bit unsure, and then she calls herself Lans in her email, so I could even go there, but um, I use I sometimes use Apple, with, so here's what I do. So if I can't say a name, or if I'm a little bit unsure, and it's in your area I'm a little bit vulnerable, and so if I'm a little bit unsure, I'll kind of... I'll click on the word and here we go. Like, like here's Dave, for example, on Apple. And I'll do this. Dave. And Apple will tell me how to say the name. Now, I know that's not the greatest strategy, but at times when I'm a little bit uncertain, it's kind of just tend to be what I do. In that situation, that's what I did. And um, so, sorry, Lana. I'm very sorry I got your name wrong, but thank you very much for being a patron of the show and Lana is a patron of the show. So this week, I want to mention a few of new patrons of the show. Well, patrons of the show have been patrons for a long time, actually. I'm going to go back to... Paula Powerful, and Paula is the Punisher. We've got Marion Clatt, uh, the Momentum. We've got George Wild Bill Baker. We've got, I've got the, oh, it's Mary, I've got the power, and the Governor, Ginger Dave. So those guys are patrons of the show, and if you want to become a patron of the show, um, it's well appreciated. It makes a big difference. I've talked about how I want to make this show a weekly episode, and the more patrons I get to do that, 
um, the more chance I have to do it, to be honest, because this show does take quite a bit of time and energy, and so yeah, so the more support I get from you guys, it really helps. If you want to become a patron, go to www.bevanjamesisles.com, there's a link on the page, it's pretty obvious, go through there, and you basically just donate how much you want per episode that I release, so it can be as little or as much as you want. Anyway, let's get into the show, I'm going to put some music on, and then we're going to kick in to this week's show. One of the most important values I believe anyone can have in life is honesty. It's it's something I learned earlier on in my life and this importance of honesty uh, about self, about your feelings, about where you are, about how you feel with others. That's a delicate one. I know, you know, if someone frustrates you, it's it's a hard thing to be honest about, but I I sometimes wonder if not being honest actually creates more damage. Now, honesty is a hard thing. For many reasons, there's, there's vulnerability about being honest. You know, there's that whole thing of if, I, if the whole world knew what I really was, would they still accept me? Luckily for me, early on in life, I had some influencers who really taught me the value of honesty in my life. And so, and my group of friends are very this way inclined. So I have a group of friends who we don't really beat around the bush about who we are, what we are, and what we're going through. And and we learned that very early on in life. And I know actually one of my friend's wives, she was um, she said what was really cool about joining your bunch of friends was it was just a bunch of friends who you could just be totally free to be yourself within. And it really came from the fact that my friends and I have always kind of subconsciously, I suppose in some ways we've consciously chosen this as well, but we've determined that we're going to be really honest as a, as a bunch of people. And so, you know, while there are times that, you know, create standards that we need to maintain, it also allows us just to feel free in our world. And, and this partner's friend's wife came into our world and she just talked about how that was such a freeing place. And I, and I think that's why I love honesty so much is because ultimately honesty delivers freedom in your life. It really does. When you can be, like I, I can't really remember what it's like not to be honest, if you know what I mean. Like I can't remember what it's like to have a life where I feel I'm trying to hide aspects of myself from the world. And I can imagine that's that's a very consuming life. It's It's a consuming life as in that how much of your time is consumed by this idea of yeah, you know, of you trying to be something that you may honestly not know what you are. And I've, and so for me, I've always tried to have this real honest, this commitment to honesty. And to be honest, I'm not perfect. Have I got it right all the time? No. Have there been moments where I have been dishonest? Yeah. Have there been moments where maybe I have hidden aspects of myself because I'm fear of judgment? Yep, totally. I, I, these are all true to me. But I, I try to have courage in that moment to actually go towards what life has taught me is the right choice, and it is to be honest. So, why am I telling you this? <laughs> well, last year, I had I had an interesting year last year. Last year I had a few knockbacks, and, and to be honest, I've been very fortunate in life that I don't really have many knockbacks. I'm kind of the kind of person who gets to move forward in life and kind of move towards my successes, and, and I've seemed to have figured out how to kind of at least be progressing forward in life. 
and sometimes it proves to have massive rewards and sometimes not so much but generally speaking I always feel I'm moving down the path in the right direction and last year I had a few knockbacks and they were knockbacks that they weren't life-defining they weren't you know massive knockbacks it wasn't like I lost my job or anything like that but I just had what I would define as 10% knockbacks these were these little knockbacks that how do I put it they, they, they hit my confidence, to be honest. They, they kind of chunked away at my confidence a little bit. Uh, I, I am a person who doesn't tend to lack confidence. I'm someone who's, who's willing to move towards a new challenge with the idea that I think I can move through it. Uh, not in an arrogant way, but just as in I think I've got a strategy that can help me through it. And last year I just had a few knockbacks that my, made me start to see my world in with a bit of doubt around it with a bit of doubt in that confidence, with a little bit of doubt around where I should move, should move, 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 move forward. And into last year, this was a really interesting moment in my life because it was a very kind of worrisome moment. I was very kind of consumed by this. And and I wanted to sit down. And, and, and where, where does this come in line with honesty? Well, I spend my life as a content creator. A lot of my life is creating content. Like you listen to the show, it's me sharing content with you. And and generally speaking, it's obviously trying to help progress you and help give you tools and insight and, and experiences that help you progress in life. And in some ways, I wonder if uh, I create this perception that not that I'm perfect, but that I'm you know that I'm generally getting things right most of the time. And uh, while maybe there's an aspect of truth to that, it's not entirely true as well. And I, and I think that as a content creator, for me to be credible, I need to show my weakness as well. I need to show my struggles. And, and I sometimes think that a lot of people out there who create content create this perception that they are the perfect person. And in some ways, they create a trap for themselves because they they can't be anything but perfect. And it's not possible. I also wonder what they're selling if that's the case. If, if I'm selling that I have the answers to everything and that I'm perfect, well, what are you selling then? Because is it really true? And and again, I, I doubt it. I, I, nobody's perfect. Everybody has their struggles. And that's why I think when we go back to honesty, my responsibility in this kind of role of being someone who wants to share some thoughts and, and try to help people is that I need to show that I struggle, that I, okay, a good example of this is I remember years ago, you know, as a coach, of a running coach, you you have to deal with people with injuries, and unfortunately one of the downfalls of our world is that we're, we're really good at helping people achieve a goal that gets them emotionally attached, and so you get these people who often haven't done any exercise or, or are doing a big goal for the first time, and I remember this lady called Pip, and Pip um, was doing a half marathon, and she was training really well for a half marathon, and unfortunately she got injured about three weeks out, which pretty much meant she might have been able to do the race, but not to the level that she'd been training and the goal that she'd hoped to achieve. And I remember she came up to me and she was really emotional and it was a really hard moment for her. And, and you know, I needed to be there to love and support and just kind of be there to, to listen and kind of give that to her. But then I shared what it's like for me to have an injury and, and some of the fears at that time that they would create in my life and how my career was really based on my movement and that if I couldn't move, what does that mean for my life? And I kind of just opened up to this depth of 
the insecurity that injury would create in my life. And it was really interesting to see that me sharing that with Pip allowed her to put some perspective on what was happening with her injury and allowed her to process it and and sit in, in a much better place. And I think about me in this role with, with you, my audience, that it's really important that I am honest about my struggles. So as I was kind of going through this insecure time in my life, I wanted to write a, a press piece for for you guys or for, for people who read my press pieces that was really honest about what I was going through. And, uh, and I thought what I might do right now is actually just read this out to you. So I'm going to read it to you right now. And just before I start, um, the, the piece was written, the idea was that it was meant to be a New Year's resolution piece. So um, yeah, here we go. It's called, What Are You Hoping to Achieve in 2016? What kind of success do you desire most for 2016? For me, it's trust. Trust that I'm going to be able to live my life in a way that allows me to be true to myself, where I can do the type of work that I love doing, and where I can involve myself due to motivation that is about discovery of higher self in areas that I care most about, not the motivation that is driven by fear of the loss of what I might have. Turning 30 was an interesting time in my life because I woke up and realised that the fear of my past had been my main driver through my 20s. This was a powerful motivator that created a person who had the ability to tick the boxes of just about any challenge that was put in front of him. The downfall of this place was there was always an underlying fear of, what if? What if I injure myself and I can no longer achieve all of those fitness goals? Goals that when achieved made me more attractive to my world. What if people find out I'm a guy who is just figuring it out along the way? What if I don't keep ticking those success boxes? Being a guy whose start point was emerged in failure, it was understandable why these thoughts were deep inside me and were still a major driver every step I took. After a moment of realisation that my chasing of the markers of success had led to a lonely life, I decided that there needed to be a shift. One of the best parts of this realisation was that I had an epiphany. I'm going to be alright. I suddenly realised that I could let go of my fear, that my character traits, my work ethic, my attitude towards others and my openness to experiences meant that I was going to be okay in this life. If I trusted these, along with my core values and passions, my fear could be a thing of the past. In that moment, the fear seemed to disappear. That is, until recently. I'm not sure why it came back. Actually, if I'm honest, I think I do know why. In the last 12 months, I've had a few 10% knockbacks. These aren't a massive events where my life has crumbled around me. These are more little chinks in my armour that have created a little doubt in me. Through these chinks, my fear has started to rear its little head again. This time, it's not so much about being fearful of going back to being emerged in failure. It's more about me losing my current place in the world. I'm not sure exactly what I mean by that, but I do know that it's totally about my ego. Upon reflection, it's obvious that my actions over the last period of time have been driven more by my fear than my desire to evolve myself and my world. This isn't a healthy place for me because I can find myself looking to see where there will be another 10% chink and I also try to grip onto what is currently secure to the detriment of the life that gives me the ultimate fulfilment. When I think of how I used to challenge myself in the past, it was always about having an end point goal. Finish this marathon, win some award, gain an opportunity. Now is not the time for this. 
Now my focus needs to go on me trusting myself to find ways to reinforce what is great in my life, to let go of needing to hold on to the past because it's safe, to evolve me to a higher understanding of what is truly important to me. This will take work, and I'm sure my fear will pop its head up, but I will be courageous and keep turning towards my work of trust. So what kind of success do you really desire in 2016? If you were to dig really deep and be honest about what that is, what would you come up with? I think if you work on that area in 2016, it would be a great year for you. I know that's what I'm aiming for. So that's the piece. Um, it, what was really interesting for me putting that piece out there, you know, I go back to trying to be honest. It was, you know, I, it's amazing the more honest I am in my sharing of content seems to be the more connection I have with people and, and the amount of emails I got from people sharing some very intimate stuff with me was, was pretty fascinating. Now, so so as, as we think about this piece, why did it really hit a note with some people? And I think for me, there's some real key kind of things that came through there. And, and one of them was this whole idea of how your focus shifts depending on how you're feeling about yourself. Uh, as I was saying before that, you know, I'm very lucky that I have a very kind of optimistic view of the world and that uh, I've, you know, I've experienced success in my path. And with that, the kind of the way you see the world is, is why the world's going to work out for me, if you know what I mean. And and last year when I had these kind of 10 set knockbacks, it was almost like my mind became adapted towards seeing why I was going to have more of them. It, it, you know, it was it, that's what was happening is that you know, like one thing would happen and being, oh no, this is another reinforcing of me losing my place in the world. And and I think that's a really interesting thing because I, as I think back to the earlier part of the piece, like when I was younger, it was me just trying to prove myself to the world. And then as I kind of got to the point where I, I had done that and I found trust in self, that was no longer a concern. And then I got to a place in the world where you know, my world admired my work, my world appreciated my work, I got a lot of love for my world. Suddenly, at this moment in my life, there was a threat to that. These 10 cent checks became a threat to my place in the world. And what happened in this kind of insecurity was that I became very good at seeing how, you know, another chink meant I was losing my place in the world. And so what what happened was my energy went towards I've got a grip on tight to this thing that I've created in the past. So, and I find this a really fascinating thing is that I'm trying to grip onto something from the past because that's secure. But in doing that, I'm neglecting the real work I should be doing in my life and the real work is evolving myself forward into my future. And these 10% chinks, there was kind of this pattern of A, Another chink would just reinforce this kind of insecurity I was creating myself. B, it would make me grip tighter on to the past life I had. And C, that stopped me from doing the really important work of evolving myself forward. And it's been a really interesting time since that moment. So, you know, I think maybe as we think about yourself, and, and I don't know where you are in your life right now, you might be in that really secure place, and so this might not be really hitting a note with you. Or you might be someone who is in that vulnerable place. And I think the first thing to really look at is, do I use moments that aren't, you know, that aren't reinforcing 
you know, maybe a 10% moment as we'll call them based on my piece. Do you use those to reinforce why you are moving back? And what are the, where do you go when you go to that place? So for me, it was like I need to grip tighter onto the security of this world because of these kind of insecure moments. And then if we look at that, you know, so if you can, like for you, that may be a different thing. For you, you may not actually have the grip. You may have, I'm not quite sure, I'm not, I'm not sure what that would be, but what is that for you? And then what's the cost of you having this outcome? So for me, the cost of me going to insecurity from my 10% chinks went that I looked for more reinforcement that I should be losing myself and I gripped myself tighter. Well, the real cost was I wasn't doing the important work that I should be doing. I wasn't doing the work of evolving myself as a person. And it's a massive cost. Because if I stop doing that work, what do I become? Uh, the, the thing, not that I fear, but the thing I don't want to be in life is the guy who was great when I was younger. I remember years ago, there was a guy I met at the gym, and it was a really, you know, sometimes you have a strange encounter with a person, and I had a strange encounter with this man, and this man, um, very quickly in our conversation, informed me that he came second in, it wasn't, back in the old days, you think of a talent show on TV, not an American Idol, because it's a bit different to that, but the the equivalent of an American Idol in New Zealand back in 1975. And this guy um, was an opera singer. And no lies, that it was, was a very strange experience, I have to admit it. Within five minutes of meeting this guy, this guy's singing opera in front of me in the changing room at the gym. And it was a really kind of surreal experience. And, uh, and, and the feeling I got was, this is a repeat experience this guy had in his life all the time. It was his one moment of credibility in his life. And, and this is happening 20 years after the fact. And it was one moment in his life where he'd got there. I'm not quite sure what got there meant, but, you know, it, it was that he proved himself or that he'd been accepted or, or I'm not quite exactly sure what it was, but it was, it was a really surreal experience. And I remember thinking to myself at, my, at that moment is, I never want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy who lives off the success moment of my past. That ultimately I want to be a guy who's continually evolving. And as I was going to my insecure place last year, or last, you know, late last year, gripping onto my past successes became way more important to me. And in some ways, if I'd continued down that path, was I going to be the guy in a changing room 20 years from now singing opera to the person, trying to prove my, my credibility from the past? Now, as I woke up to this, as I kind of figured this stuff out, I realized that I needed to, to shift my focus back. And when I talk about shifting my focus back is to put my energy, to turn it away from this, these, these knocks in my armor, and to how when these knocks, what the path it took me down, and to, to become better at putting my focus back on what I needed to do. And, and there's a line in this piece here, which I have to find. Uh, when I think about how I need to grow, for now, for now, for this, now is not the time for this. Now is the time my focus needs to go on trusting myself to find ways to reinforce what is great in my life. I need to let go of holding on to the past and to what is safe and to evolve myself to a higher understanding of what is truly important to me. 
And that's what I really focus on since that moment. Is sure I've had, and I still have these little moments that are kind of reinforcing the insecurity, but I now go no. What you need to do is to go back to reinforcing the things that I I, I know about myself, my good character traits, my work ethic, my attitude towards others, my openness to experiences. These types of my values, my passions, that I need to trust these in my moments of weakness. And when you're feeling insecure, that trust is hard. And that fear is really good at battling that trust. But if I can make trust my aim at that moment, I'm going to put my focus back on the right work. And by doing the right work, well then I'm going to keep on that path of evolving myself so that as my life goes on, I'm not going to be telling you stories of how I was a world-class aerobics instructor in my 20s and 30s. I will have a much more interesting life and a much different way as my life evolves as you think about yourself and you think today's one's one of those ones where i just kind of share thoughts with you guys and and as you think about yourself how does fear affect your life because ultimately that's where i went last year as i went fearful and then i reinforced fear every time i had a 10 percent chink now i wonder if i reflect on other years of my life when i wasn't in this insecure place i probably just had just as many 10 percent chinks in my life it's just fear didn't affect me. It wasn't it wasn't a, a factor in the game. Whereas last year suddenly fear became a factor in the game. So how do you respond to fear? Are you living in fear? And what is the cost of that fear in your life? How does it influence the decisions you make, the actions you take, the, the people you hang around with, the way you interact with people? How is this influencing you? And is that taking you away from A, the real you, B, the important work you should be doing in your life, and C, a place that is the better place for you in your life? I said at the end of my piece, this will take work, and I'm sure the fear will try to pop its head up, but I will try to be courageous and keep turning towards my work of trust. Now, there is a courage that needs to come at this moment. And if you are someone who, who, as I'm talking right now, you know I'm talking to you, how can you be courageous? But courage isn't the only thing. How can you become aware of this fear? How can you put design strategies to put you in place so that when I fear it coming, or I see it coming, or this awareness helps me see it coming, I, I put my energy back on the work I need to do within myself. It's funny, I think about where I am right now and and it's amazing how once I kind of figured this out I was able to shift my energy back. Fear is, a, is, a, is an overwhelming thing in our life and it can be a controlling thing. A controlling thing that takes us away from the real work we should be doing. Ultimately what we should do in our life is, is learn to see fear but not to let it to influence us. That we can consciously influence ourselves towards that path that we know evolves us as a person which ultimately leads to and i'm going to wrap it up right here that best version of yourself all right team that's uh, the gist of today's show um
yeah, there's, there's some stuff to think about in there. And, and it is interesting to see how fear influences our life and uh, to overcome fear, you know, that kind of sense of freedom that I talked about earlier on. You know, for me, when I talk about my values, honesty and freedom, two are the ones that are real drivers for me in my life. And uh, they always have been, freedom in particular, the kind of freedom to, to make my own decisions in life without others influencing them. And the freedom to be who I want to be has always been such a driver. And uh, when fear comes along, freedom disappears. Uh, so, you know, basically, if fear comes along, I'm losing who I want to be in the world. So... Just stuff to kind of sit and think about. Um, patrons, if you want to become a patron of the show, go to www.bevanjamesiles. If you think the show adds value to your life um, and you want to contribute to supporting me and what I do and uh, and with this aim of me getting a weekly show out later on in the year, uh, I would really appreciate it. You guys rock. And the people who are patrons, you know who you are. Man, you make a big difference because, you know, this time I put a lot of time and energy and thought into this show. And so, you know, just any support you can give me is absolutely fantastic. Go to bevanjamesisles.com to become a patron of the show. Um, what else happening? I'm heading to London. I'm actually heading to London. I'm going to London early March to do some work. And I was thinking on the Sunday morning after my work. Now, it's not going to be early, early morning because... When I'm in London, I want to go out and see some comedy and stuff like that. So I'll probably have a big Saturday night. But I don't drink, so I'm just going to go out and experience some entertainment. But um, I'm thinking I might do a bit of a run maybe mid-morning on the Sunday. Now that's going to be... Let me pull up my little calendar here. My calendar is London. I'm going to be in London. It'll be the 13th of March. It'll be Sunday the 13th of March. So I know I've got quite a few UK listeners. So if you are a UK listener and you are interested... And catching up for a light run, it's not going to be a race, um, it'll be very much just a kind of a, a run with the crew, just to meet some people, we'll probably just go for a light run and coffee, can't imagine we'll get many people there, might be just a few of us, but um, yeah, if you're in the UK and you want to come and join me for a run in early March, it'd be really cool. Uh, other than that, if you've got any questions, you can send them through to me at bevanjamesisles, or sorry, bevanjames at gmail.com. I've got a couple interviews lined up over the next few shows, actually, I'll, I'll do an interview show and a Bevan show, but... Um, I've got a guy called Bryce Hastings, who is a guy I absolutely admire. He's a guy I work colleague. He works at Les Mills, and he's basically the education guy. He's you know Les Mills is a big fitness company, and he spends his his time basically doing research around exercise. And he's just recently done some really great work on motivation. And um, so I asked him if I can get him on the show. So I'm not sure if he's going to be on the next show or the one the interview show after that. Uh, but I'm pretty excited about having Bryce on. And there's a second reason I'm really excited about having Bryce on is he's he's one of those guys who's just wisdom, and I love, I could sit and talk to him forever because he's just, his insight's great. But he's also a guy who lives life, and um, every like every time you speak to Bryce, he's gone to some exotic, he's like an you know, intrepid kind of traveler, and he goes to these amazing parts of the world and has these amazing life experiences. And I, I don't know, there's something I really admire about his his priority of having that in his life. So while we'll be digging into his motivation work, I'm actually want to dig into his kind of attitude towards life because it's something I really admire and respect. And then I've got another interview lined up um, with uh, a new author. So we'll be kind of getting into that over the next few shows. Um, keep up the good work, guys. Uh, if you want any questions, again, bevanjames at gmail.com. I'll be seeing you guys in a couple of weeks. 
And uh, yeah, I'll give you my marathon update. Where's my marathon? I don't even know what date it is. How bad is that? I think it's. I think I'm doing my marathon on the fifth of March. What's the date today? I've got basically a month to the race. So good times, rock and roll. Anyway, team, I'll see you guys soon, and you keep up the good work. Thank you.